We are on our second to last week of our series called Say What? Right? But first things first, I want to uh, just let everyone know this is going to be as short as possible, all right? Because it is Mother's Day, I'm sure there's uh, lunch plans, et cetera, et cetera, but we also have dedications and baptisms that we're going to do, and so I want to make sure that we uh, really have as much time for that as possible. So let's jump right in to our Bibles. We are going to be in John chapter 2 and John chapter 19. Uh, and so if you don't have a Bible, uh, we'd love for you to take one from our bookshelf and take that home or uh, just download a Bible from any of the digital app stores. Uh, John, it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. That's in what's called the New Testament. I like to call it the Second Testament. One of my favorite theologians is actually coming out with a translation called the Second Testament. And so uh, John 2, John 19, and we have a tradition of just giving the scriptures our best attention when we read that. Uh, so whatever that means for you, uh, if you want to sit for that or if you'd like to stand with me as we read these scriptures, let's go ahead and do that now. <clears throat> John 2, starting in verse 1, says this. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there. And Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. John 19, starting in verse 25. <clears throat> Near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciples whom he loved standing nearby, he said to her, Woman, here is your son, and to the disciple, here is your mother. From that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Let us pray. God of every tribe, every tongue, every color, every nation, we thank you for the scriptures, that we still have them 2,000 years later. And we're still working to understand them, to honor them, but mostly to learn about you and be led towards you. So today I pray that whatever you have for us, that it would stick, that it would become a part of the framework of our faith, that our faith would become stronger as we become more like your son. Amen. Thanks, all. You can have a seat. <coughs> In the entire book of John, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is only mentioned two times. 18,658 words, and Mary is only mentioned twice. Remember when we went through the book of Mark, right? We spent a number of weeks going through the book of Mark, and I kept reminding you that Mark is an author, that he's putting these things together on purpose. We should be thinking like an author as well, as we think about how these things are being put together. The same is true for John. John is an author. So when things like this happen, when you notice something only happens once, or, oh, it only happens two times, oh, and they're at complete opposite ends of this entire book, we should pay attention. But when we pay attention, we also have to be careful not to read too much into things. If we're paying attention, we might notice not only is Mary only mentioned twice, but neither time does John actually mention her name. 
he only calls her Jesus' mother. Luke and Matthew um, mention her by name 17 times between them, by name. But John, only twice. And when he mentions her, actually, when he mentions Jesus' mother, he doesn't use her name. He only calls her Jesus' mother. Now, why? We don't know why. We don't really know why. Remember last week when I mentioned Fido, F-I-D-O? This idea of these concentric circles in the middle, there's the F, there's the foundational ideas. These are the things that, that salvation is based on. They, they were like, okay, these are the things that are absolutely, we need to believe these things. Jesus is the Son of God, okay? Interpretations, okay, that's the outside of it. Oh, there's a bunch of scripture, and this is how we interpret that. And then D on the outside of that, further from the center is deductions. We go, okay, these are just things we deduce. They're not reasons for us to argue. And O is opinions. If anyone goes, oh, this is exactly why he doesn't call her Mary, this is exactly why he only mentions her twice, this is exactly, oh, these are to me what would be considered deductions. They are not things that we should be basing the foundational ideas of our faith on. And so it is okay, even when we notice something like this, for us to say, why didn't he use her name? To say, I'm not sure. That's completely okay. What we can be confident about is that it doesn't mean that John thinks her name doesn't matter because in Middle Eastern culture, there can actually be honor in a title like the mother of this very important figure. So we shouldn't read disinterest or unimportance into how John is writing this. And we also shouldn't read indignation or irritation into some of the other things that we see here. Because again, if we're paying attention, we might read these passages and notice that not only did John not use her first name, but Jesus doesn't call her mother either time. What does he call her? Woman. Both times he says woman. And because we have modern 21st century Western eyes and ears, we might read irritation or impatience in Jesus' words. Maybe we hear the word woman like that and we go, woman? <laughs> when I was a kid uh, and my mom was a beautician on a regular basis, primary way that she made money, she would take us around to different people's homes and we were often just along for the ride from here to there as she made house visits. And one time on the way to a person's house, being the impatient young boy I was, I wanted to know how long it was going to take for her to uh, do the hair for Mrs. So-and-so. But I didn't say Mrs. So-and-so. I said something along the lines of, when are you going to be done with this woman? I was like eight. Let's just say there were some repercussions. <laughs> but this isn't the tone that Jesus is using. In, first century, in, in the first century in the town of Cana in Galilee, in Israel, in the area of Palestine, calling your mother woman had no negative edge or connotation whatsoever to it. It was just neutral. So we need to be careful about reading those kinds of things into the things that get said in the Bible. Now, there are absolutely times when Jesus was indignant, even irritated or frustrated with people that were around him. It's true. If you read it, 
You can see it, and that is true. This just isn't one of those times. So let's not look at this and put on Jesus that he was being impatient or irritable towards his mother. So those are the things that are not happening in this passage, okay? So what is happening in this passage? The first passage, they're in Cana. And they're at, what are they at? They're at a, they're at a wedding, right? Two points, Chris. We don't know why. We don't know whose wedding it is, at least not for sure. There are early theologians from the second century that have written about, oh, it was because they were related to so-and-so and such-and-such. We don't know that for sure. We just know that while they're there, that Mary tells Jesus, hey, uh, they're, they're out of wine. And she's implying to him, maybe you should do something about that. But then Jesus says, my time, my hour has not yet come. But then for whatever reason, he performs the miracle anyway. As some of us often do when our mother asks us to do something, right? We're like, ah, I don't have, oh, I better do it anyway, right? In the second passage, Jesus is on the cross. He is actively dying in the middle of performing a miracle. The miracle of taking on the sins of the world. That the night before he prayed to the Father, knowing that the Father was asking him to do this, and he said, if there's another way, if this cup can pass. But then he did it anyway. Also the night before, we know that he sat with his disciples, that he shared bread and wine. He said, this bread, it's my body, it's broken for you. This wine is my blood, it's poured out for you. And so now, as he's on the cross, his body broken, his blood shed, Jesus looks at his mother and he says to her, here is your son. And at his disciple John and says, here is your mother. The scripture says, John writes it down this way, from that hour, from that time, Jesus or John took in Mary as his own mother. Are you guys hearing any of the parallels? You're hearing of the similarities between these two stories. We could focus on th these two passages, any, either one of them, you could preach five different ways. You could, you could come up with five different things to preach about, especially when you put them together, you could come up with any, e even more. But we could focus on the parallel of the wine between the first and the second passage. There's no wine in the first one. He says his blood is the wine in the second one, or his, the wine is the blood in the second one. The wine ran out. His blood was poured out. We could focus on how in the first uh, passage Jesus says it's not my time, but in the second passage when it absolutely was his time, in that moment of ministry, that he says that John should take Mary from that time on. It's the same word. We could focus on the miracles of changing jugs of water into the best wine that they had tasted or turning death on a cross into salvation in life. But the thing that I really want to make sure that we don't miss today is this. In the first story, the first time John mentions Mary. They're in Cana and they're at a what? They're at a wedding. What happens at a wedding? 
two people become one. And in their culture, especially not just two people become one, but two families become one. In the second story, the only other time John mentions Mary, we see Jesus on the cross. What happens? Jesus adds Mary to John's family. Two families become one. Of all the imagery, of all the lessons that we could pull from these passages, I don't want us to miss this. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, not only does Mary become a part of a new family, but everyone is invited to the cross to be part of one family. Jesus is looking down at the world from the cross saying, look, this is your family now. Jesus is looking at all of us right now saying, look around at the family that is yours now. When we have baptisms, it's a sign of someone saying, I want to be a part of this family now. As we dedicate children, it is us saying, they are part of our family. We will help raise them up in the way they should go. So from weddings to crucifixions, from dedications to baptisms, we are all being invited into one family, and not only us, but everyone we know is being invited into one family. 